LSU Tigers. LSU wins the BCS. Tracy one team, one heartbeat. The New Orleans Hornets select Anthony Davis. And I tell you, Mardi Gras about to break out. Talk about my thing. To the 20. Geis, touchdown. Who that? This is the Chris Gordy Show. Welcome into the Chris Gordy Show. This is Amos Morale. I'm sitting in for Chris Gordy, who is off at the World Series, watching some pretty good baseball right now. I'll be with you for the next couple of hours, just uh, talking some World Series, some Saints, some LSU, pretty much everything you, you normally come here for, just in a nice, slightly taller package. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we got Chris Landry coming up today, going to be joined by uh, Will Guillory from NOLA.com. He's going to talk Pelicans with us. Team's off to a much better start than they've been off to these last few years, so got a lot of good things to talk about. Wouldn't mind you chiming in if you want to, you know, call in. You know. Yeah, that number is 260-1280. We can, uh, 260 we can chat. And that, uh, that number will be 260-1280. So if you uh, got some questions, Saints, you want to talk Pelicans, you want to talk World Series. Hey, man, you want to talk about uh, LSU and Bama. You know, that's a, a little game that's happening this week. You know, not a big one, but... You know, one I think the fans are <laughs> the fans enjoy. So, you guys want to come in, chime in, talk with me, help me get these two hours going? Uh, I am all for it. So, you know, we got a lot going on. So, uh, first up, you know, we have the Landry football report. Chris Landry's going to come on and uh, talk a little Saints at LSU with him. Hey, Chris, how are you doing today? Good morning. How are you? Oh, I'm doing all right, man. Doing all right. It's an early morning for me, but hey, let's uh let's get it going. Get it done. All right. Well, I know we uh got a couple of big games this week. Start with that LSU and LSU's got Alabama. Uh just, you know, a lot of talent in that game. Well, Alabama's very talented and certainly not the uh, we uh I think we uh Lost Chris there. We're yeah, we're, to, I'm, I'm going to call him we're back. We're going to uh, try to get him back here for you for a second. But, yeah, definitely got a lot of talent in that LSU-Alabama game, you know, on both sides of the ball. Bama just seems to reload every year. Top recruiting classes. Uh, and, you know, shoot, a lot of those top recruits aren't even playing this year just because of the depth they have. LSU's got a lot of young guys that are playing uh, a lot of them went to LSU thinking that, you know, I want to be part of that class that beats Bama. Bama's won the last, and I have to get the exact number, but Bama's won the last few few matchups. The, you know, so a lot of these kids are hungry to get out there and get on there and, uh, you know, really show shock the world, I guess. And that would be a big win for this LSU program and Coach Ed Orgeron. You know, he's uh, ripped off a few really good wins these last few weeks. You know, you look at that Auburn win. Look at that Florida win. Seems to have uh, kind of righted the ship. You know, they go out there and they dominate Ole Miss, especially after looking at how that season started for them with Mississippi State coming in there and hanging on, hanging a record number on them. So this game, I to tell you, uh, you you asked me around Mississippi State, I was not looking forward to this one. But I got to tell you, I, I'm thinking this game is going to be a little bit more competitive than, than I think a lot of people think. And I think uh, LSU – might actually have a decent shot, so looks like we might have Chris Landry back. So let's uh, talk with Chris. Hey, Chris, we got you now? 
Uh, I am here. All right. Yeah, I got you. Loud and clear. Loud and clear. All right, man. Well, let me talk to you uh, a little bit about this LSU and Alabama game. Uh, just first off, man, who are you looking at? Well, you know, obviously, you know, Alabama's kind of on a different level where LSU is. This game in, in the past has certainly had uh, a lot of intrigue. Uh, two national, you know, caliber teams. And, you know, I think LSU certainly is not uh, to that level that they have been. And, you know, this Alabama team is, is on a different level. Um, I think that uh, if Alabama plays close to their best game, it's, you know, it's uh, likely to be a decisive victory, and I expect it to be so. It's a big advantage for Alabama at the line of scrimmage, um, which in the past uh, has not been the case, but that is certainly the case now, and uh, it'll be very difficult for LSU to sustain any sort of consistent running attack against this Alabama front. Um, and being able to throw the football consistently against uh, against this unit is going to be pivotal. I, I think LSU is going to have to have one of those games in which they really create a lot of turnovers and get it, uh, get in probably in the plus three, if not plus four area turnover-wise, to have a shot. Yeah, and, you know, you, you talk about those turnovers. It's a young defense, but they've they've done a decent job, even with all the young guys, of, of getting out there and trying to get some interceptions, you know, uh, uh, breaking up some passes, you know, getting some tips on the ball. Just, you know, when you look at that uh, that defense and those young players, who do you see, you know, that might be able to 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 get out there and really, you know, force the, some turnovers from that Alabama offense that, you know, honestly is just really really efficient. Well, it's going to be difficult because you got to force them to the air. I think that you know this. Uh, Arden Key is certainly playing better, and, and certainly they're going to slide their protection his way a little bit. So they're going to have to create pressure, and it's tough against uh, an athletic quarterback. You really need to play a lot of zone effectively against Alabama because you've got to keep your eye on the quarterback as a runner. Um, LSU likes to play a lot of man, and that is dangerous because you don't account for the quarterback in man coverage. And so um, – what Jalen Hurts does so well, being so mobile, is that you know he'll pull the ball down and run, and he'll see man coverage, and there's big place. And so, um, even if you cover well, he can pick up and hurt you with his feet. Uh, can you get Alabama to throw the football? Well, that's the key. And if if you can do that and make them throw it a bunch, then you've got the, a better chance of winning. But no one's really been able to do that, and I don't uh, I don't think this LSU team is capable of doing this, uh, you know, consistently. Um, this is, you know, right now, again, programs that are, you know, I, I think headed in different directions, uh, whereas, you know, uh, Alabama and Georgia, I think, are clearly a lot better. If you look, studying this LSU team all year long, um, there's no doubt that they improved from the Troy game. You would certainly hope so as things were really going in a downward spiral. But if you look at it, um, you know, Auburn really lost that game more than LSU won it. This is a very, you know, a bunch of mediocre teams in the SEC after Alabama and Georgia, even though we've got a couple of them ranked. Um, you know, I, I think this is going to take a, a, a near-perfect effort by LSU uh, to keep it in, in a reasonable range, um, let's say, into the fourth quarter. You know, Alabama normally is able to gradually pound you away and suffocate you away and um, listen, I think the, the, the point spread is an indication of kind of where it likely is in terms of a predictable score. Um, and I think anything, you know, under 20-point margin would be a, uh, 
I mean, I'm not going to sell it as a as a moral victory. You don't have any of those, but but I would be surprised if it's uh, if it's in that A and M range against Alabama, which A and M was significantly ahead and lost uh, a lot of points down the stretch. Um, if it's in that range, I'd be surprised. All right, all right. Well, maybe uh maybe the uh the old LSU alumni bias is is showing in me, but I'm. I'm feeling like this might be a a little bit of a closer game than I, at least I'm anticipating. The realist in me is anticipating. Just when you, you well, talk- I'm an LSU alum too, <laughs> but I'm looking at it with a trained eye and a, yeah. and a little bit of a of objectively speaking. Uh, you know, I'd be disingenuous if I, <laughs> you know, told people that there's a great chance. There's, uh, you know, I, I think that's a, a stretch. All right, all right. Well, now. You you talked about this team, you know, kind of heading in different directions. LSU, they are playing a lot of young guys. Just do you see any of these guys developing in, in some of those game changers that maybe down the line when this matchup rolls around again could could help out and, you know, kind of well, close that gap? Well, I mean, you know, I think the t- only time's going to tell on that. I, I think, uh, to me, it's it's very debatable as to whether – we're going to see this program under Ed Orgeron be a championship-level program. I think it can be a good program. I think it can win, you know, the eight games a year, and if you get the right schedule, nine, maybe even ten in a given year. But, you know, I see recruiting has dropped in the past couple of years. I expect that to get better. It needs to get better, particularly on the line of scrimmage. Um, but in terms of personnel, it's it's not as close as I think people might think. I think people get uh, – you know, caught up in Amos and well, LSU has a lot of players in the NFL. They do. That that's a byproduct of what they've done. But but right now, the talent level is not quite as good as it has been. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, I think we'd all agree with you, and I think a lot of people, especially on that offensive line, you know, which they're so used to watching these LSU teams just run all over people and you know steamroll them with that offensive line. And this year, they're having a little bit of trouble doing that. You know, how- yeah, they're, they're thin on the offensive and defensive lines, and again, that's that's where they've lost uh, a lot of their mojo. And certainly, it's um, you know, it's it, it's certainly a big issue. And going forward, that has to be modified. I think the quarterback situation, you know, has to improve. And and certainly, as those two things happen, uh, and they get a little bit of their talent level, you know, um, you know, back up. I think certainly they can be competitive. You know, everyone's looking up at Alabama in the West, and I think it's starting to get to where everyone's looking up Georgia in the East. Um, and, you know, it's frustrating, I know, for everyone in the West, whether it's an LSU fan or an Auburn fan, but, but the reality is, you know, Alabama's going to have to come back to the pack because they have, have sprinted so far ahead that it's, and it's, you know, it's a, you know they're not slowing down in recruiting. They're not slowing down in any aspect of their program. So it's it's going to be quite a challenge to get back to where it was. All right. Well, I think the diehard LSU fans are still going to be tuning in. Still going to be checking this one out. Should should do it. Yeah, absolutely. You got to do it. It's uh, it if if you're not a fan and not watching this game, you're not a football fan. <laughs> All right. We're talking with Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. Chris, I want to switch gears and talk a little bit about the Saints now. They've got a big matchup against the Bucks. It's probably a little bit bigger because now they're looking to win their sixth straight game. Uh, it's this this team is is I gotta say just honestly been a surprise to me just the way they've played this year. 
they have played better. You know, everyone tries to define a team based upon a given game or how they start. These teams don't stay the same. College or NFL, you don't stay the same. You either get better or you get worse. This team has gotten better. I've said it all off season that the real key for this team is to be able to run the football effectively. You know, scoring points, points come out of the passing game, but you win with uh, a better running game, better defense, and, the, and they're connected. And so the ability to be able to run the football and balance out the offense it gives you better opportunities for more chunk plays in the passing game as opposed to trying to have to play from behind and win shootout games, which are going to be hit and miss. Um, and you're seeing their defense being fresher um, and getting more productive snaps in which they're able to create turnovers and negative plays, uh, and that's really helped them. Um, they've been you know, a very consistent team after the first two games of the season. Um, and I think also um, they're getting a, a little bit of a break in, in the fact that in their division, they're up. Um, Carolina's been inconsistent. Atlanta's been consistently problematic with some of their issues on offense and defense. And the Bucks have just not been very good. But as I always say, every week is like a league, a, a year of its own, and in that it's there's no such thing as you win three games in a row. For, that doesn't exist in this league. It's... It's a series of one wins in a row, back to back to back. And the, the key is you've got to be able to win these type of games. You're a better team right now than Tampa. Um, they've got to take care of business, certainly at home, and beat a team in Tampa that's struggling, that's desperate, that uh, needs a win. And that makes them very dangerous if you don't play your best game. It doesn't matter if you're a better team. It matters if you play better when you play them. All right, all right. Now, you know, uh, in the offseason, they made a lot of acquisitions on defense. You look at A.J. Klein, you look at Alex Okafor. Those are guys that have been showing up on the stat sheet uh, that have been playing well for them. You look at the draft, they added Marcus Williams, Marshawn Lattimore, who uh, I got a pencil in there in the discussion for Rookie of the Year defensively. Just when you look at those guys that they've brought in, how much of an impact have you seen them make? Oh, huge. I mean, Lattimore is one of the best corners. I've put it up on the website. We grade players every week. Um, it's one of the best uh, corners I've seen uh, as a rookie coming out in quite some time. Williams is outstanding. Love both of those guys. Um, you know, they've not uh, drafted uh, all that well over the years, but this draft class has uh, been very, very effective. Those guys have played well. Ramchick, when he's uh, been asked to, has played um, well. It's a tough position for him to play. Uh, but I think the, the draft class as a whole has been um, very good. And defensively, getting a couple of pieces like that's made a difference. And it's made an impact on the play, for example, of a guy like Kenny Vaccaro, who Sean Payton, going into like week three, was ready to cut him, tried to trade him and wanted to cut him and was saved by Dennis Allen. And the defensive staff talked Sean out of it. And now is starting to play better. So, I think what you see is when you see a couple of pieces here or there that start to have an impact, uh, it starts to infiltrate to the entire unit, and that's what's happening on the defensive side. All right. Yeah, that was going to be my follow-up question was obviously Kenny Vaccaro these last few weeks has just really been really been lighting it up. You know, uh, what has he got, three, three interceptions and, you know, picked up a sack last week. Just do you think now, you know, and we've asked him this in the locker room and he's kind of – He's kind of tried to downplay it, but do you think he's playing some of the best football he's played since he's been in New Orleans? Well, he's played well. Here's the thing about defense. You know, defense is about gap control. It's about assignment. It's about trusting your teammates. It's about doing your job. 
And when you're struggling on defense, particularly when you're um, when you're giving up a lot of big plays, yet it's usually the result of trying to be the hero. It's trying to make a big play. Defensively, you don't try to make a big play. What you try to do is do your job and rely on your teammate to do theirs. And when you do that, the result is often a big play. But if you don't control your gap, if you don't control your zone, you don't stay on top of your routes, then then there's a big opening and good offenses will take advantage of that, and then you're giving up big plays. So I think that the play around him has gotten better, and that's allowed him to kind of simmer down a little bit and just do his job. And then I think they've allowed him to, to do some things a little bit more aggressively near the line of scrimmage, blitzes. Um, that is that is a big part of his game, and I think that's starting to come out a little more. So he is playing very well, and uh, I, I think that normally is the case when you start play, playing better as a unit. All right, and you talk about playing better as a unit. One thing that uh, has really stood out to me watching this team this year is that defensive front uh, between Okafor and, and Cam Jordan, who I think has got to be having one of the better years of his career. They're out here, you know, really getting to the quarterbacks and really affecting the passer, even when they're not getting there. Just what have you seen from Cam Jordan that's kind of led him to be so much more effective this season? Well, Cam, I think, has been consistently good all along. I, I think he's having a great year, but quite frankly, he's had a lot of good years. I think the byproduct is people think he's having a more productive year, which he is, because the play around him, again, is better. Um, if you look at it in the past, He's gotten a lot of chips his way. He's gotten a lot of double teams. The guy's graded out very well. In my work for NFL teams, um, his his grades have been consistently high throughout uh, throughout his tenure. Now, this year, he's making more explosive plays. He's penetrating a little more. But that's because the play around him uh, is such that you can't often slide your protection his way uh, because other guys will beat you. Uh, he's having a Pro Bowl caliber year. Oh, yeah, definitely. Now, when this season started, did did you think that we would be sitting here and I'd be asking you about all these guys that are shining on defense? Well, you know, listen, it's always possible. Uh, last year it was the Falcons who, you know, the early part of the year, um, they weren't a Super Bowl caliber defense. But with four young guys, four rookies, uh, that developed in that system by the last quarter of the season, they became a Super Bowl caliber defense and had some breaks injury wise. So that was a key to their run. Now, I'm not suggesting that the Saints are on a Super Bowl run this year, but what I can tell you is, you know, there are some players that can play on this defense and you need a little bit of break. I mean, certainly, um, you know, some of the injuries in the early part of the year, you know, Fairley was a tough one. But Rankins is starting to play well. Davidson's grading out fairly well. Onimiata is, is is playing out well. But you're starting to get some positive play on an elite level. You've got an elite player on the front line uh, in Cam Jordan, and now you've got an elite player in the secondary in Lattimore. And you're getting some quality play with guys like Crawley at corner and Williams getting better. And as we talked about Vaccaro, um, that's starting to play better. So I think when you're seeing um, – some of these guys and that are starting to fill in gaps and play roles more effectively, it allows some of these guys to flourish. So, uh, you know, quite frankly, it's something that uh, I know the Saints have been uh, internally frustrated with in that they've addressed a lot of the defensive needs in terms of picks, but they've, I think, reached on a couple of guys. Stephon Anthony is the one that comes to, to mind. 
um, that uh, haven't panned out. To have some of them finally pan out is is a big reason why they're playing that much better to this point. Now, I'm gonna I caution everybody, and I tell everybody this: you know, you're only a couple of injuries away from you know going from five and two to five and five in a in a heartbeat. It's it's a long marathon that you know it's about getting better incrementally each week, improving your depth. And then, quite frankly, getting some breaks injury-wise. Atlanta got breaks injury-wise last year. They're not this year. It's the biggest difference. Yes, there's a new coordinators, but that's the biggest issue. So some of that is just a little bit luck, and you hope that you can improve some of your depth along the way with getting meaningful snaps with other guys so that if you have a guy, you lose it for a couple of weeks, it doesn't uh, debilitate your defense and one unit of your defense. All right. And then uh, we're talking with Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. Chris, they've obviously got this big matchup with the Bucks going for their sixth straight win this uh, week. You know, who who's somebody that we need to watch or a matchup we need to watch this weekend that could really uh, affect the outcome of this game? Well, you know, the Bucks have really struggled thus far this year for a number of reasons. They're not running the football very well. Um, the offensive line play has been inconsistent. Mike Evans is a guy you always have to watch for. I mean, he's a big-time playmaker, and can you know, I think he's in that Julio Jones-type stratosphere of, as a playmaker. They've not been able to get the ball consistently to him. Um, you know, quarterback play, Winston's dealing with some injuries, but he tends to force the football and make mistakes. So I think if you, if you really do a good job on early downs and force them into third and longs, you've got chances to make some big plays. Um, defensively, Gerald McCoy is, is a tough guy to block. He's an elite player. Um, you're not getting consistent play up front. Um, Quan Alexander and Levante David are really good linebackers. Quan, of course, former LSU player. And, but, but this is a team that I thought was a little overrated. People were talking about them as uh, you know, a team that could challenge for the playoffs. I never saw it. Um, I see them as a team that's very flawed in terms of the, the ability to run it consistently and they lack enough pass rush. So um, looking at them on tape, um, you know, there's no doubt that just not just the record, but the Saints are a better-looking team right now. Now, again, what's important is, is that you play well, you know, kind of like last week, better than the Bears. And there, there was, you know, times where they, they kept the Bears around a little too long. This is a game, it's a divisional game. Uh, again, it is an absolute must-win for the Bucks. I mean, they are; these guys get paid. These guys' jobs are on the line, and I would expect that they're gonna. The Saints are gonna get the Bucks' best effort, and uh, if the Saints don't play well, they're capable of losing it. I don't think Tampa's capable of coming in and outplaying the Saints if the Saints play well. But if they make mistakes, um, uh, you know, it, it's certainly a game like any game in this league that can get away from. It. All right, and then before I let you go, I just got to ask you, what's the uh, biggest surprise so far from the Saints this season? Well, I, I mean, to me, I, I think the overall defensive play um, in that it's getting that much better, uh, that's the surprise. I thought the running game would be improved. I know that was the emphasis, spending a lot of time with them in this offseason, that I, I thought that the offense would have a chance to get better, and if they did, I knew that the defense would play better. But I would say the fact that the defensive line has held up uh, better than I thought. I thought at the beginning of the year when we went in and Fairley's injured, I'm thinking, uh-oh, this is not going to be pretty. And they've held up well. Now, I'm um, 
for them. I'm crossing my fingers and toes that they can stay healthy because they are not deep and they can't afford any more injuries or else you're going to see that defensive front um, you know, drop in terms of its production. But um, that's been the biggest surprise, how that defensive line has played well. I thought they would get improvement in the secondary. Those are interlocked together in terms of how they perform. Um, but I'd say the defensive line overall uh, is, is surprised me. Not Cam Jordan, but the rest of the group has played pretty well and held in there. All right. We're talking with Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. Chris, we really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. Hey, good to be with you, and I uh, hope you have a great day, and I uh, hope everybody enjoys uh, the games this weekend and hope for an LSU and the Saints win. Oh, I'm hoping for uh, definitely that LSU one. Definitely yeah. leaning on that one. <laughs> All right. That was Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. Just chatted some Saints and LSU. You know, we're going to take a quick break. But uh, I'm Amos Morale, sitting in for Chris Gordy. And you're listening to the Chris Gordy Show on Sports 1280.